Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, Awareness Explorers. Good to have you. I am Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my trusty co-host. Brian Tom O'Connor. And today we are exploring what is often known as the witness or witness consciousness. And that's a big topic, which we haven't gotten to. So I'm really looking forward to what we learned from that. Thank you for joining our exploration. We never ask you, well, what do you think about witness consciousness or what have you heard about it? So I'll ask you that and then notice what your mind shows up as you witness that. Uh, but before we go into our exploration, I do want to thank our Patreon supporters because you do make this show possible. We don't have commercials or anything, but a lot of people have put in a dollar or five dollars or even ten dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers. And that helps us pay our bills and helps us feel appreciated. So thank you all those people who are who have uh, signed up and you get a lot of stuff, um, some guided meditation, some special interview, extra things, some blogs from us. So we try to treat our Patreon supporters really well. But let's get into the meat of today, which is what is witness consciousness? Uh, are there what are the problems with it? What are the methods for it? What's our experiences with it? What are your experiences with it? When I mention the topic witness consciousness, I always ask this of you, Brian. What is the first thing that that you witness in your mind as it uh, pops up different things? <laughs> well, the first thing is. When I think about it, I'm surprised that we haven't talked about witness consciousness because it's a term that's really widely used. But then on second thought, I realize that's all we've been talking about for all these, you know, what, however many 90 some odd episodes we've done, um, because it is awareness. But there, I think the trap, and we'll get into this in more detail, is when you think of it as the witness, and then you create a new identity around it, because it uh, it isn't really a separate thing uh, that can be seen, that can be known. It is your real self, the I that you refer to, what that says when you say I, that notices all experience. You know, as with a lot of our topics, the first thing you kind of have to do is a, is define what you're talking about, because people use different terms for everything from uh, a witness in court to somebody being, I am that of uh, Nizargadatta, to witnessing thoughts, to all kinds of things. So I think we have to realize that it is, in, you know, they say devil's in the details, but really I think uh, God is in the details. If you get better understanding of these things and 
come up with terms that everybody can agree on, then then you can really learn some new stuff. And that learning of new stuff can really help take you to the next level. You know, I think the first thing is, what is witness consciousness? You're saying that it's kind of the same thing as awareness. And the first thing that occurs to me is that people use the term in various different ways, and some of them appear to be talking about awareness. And some of them are kind of like, I've known people who who will use that term in a very psychological way, you know, where it's not, they don't feel any connection to something bigger than themselves or present. It's a very intellectual thing. And I think we have to make sure that you're disidentifying with your thoughts in a very intellectual way where you create this separate subpersonality that, you know, witnesses stuff in a very dry way is not a good thing. You know, in fact, that's what my wife would call a dissociative disorder. And they have a lot of similarities, you know, where you're just kind of like Spock looking at stuff. But when I've been in witness consciousness, it feels incredibly expansive and loving and compassionate. So I want to differentiate the intellectual watching of yourself from being awareness, which feels so expansive and peaceful and and fully embodied. Yes, I, I think you're right that, that they are quite different and and that one is as you say um more expansive and fully embodied but the other i think is has a couple of shades to it too i um the psychological version in other words if you are dissociating from your emotions by saying oh i am i'm the witness of them then you're not allowing them to happen and then you have created an artificial boundary within your very being and life doesn't flow through you. You, you, you become unporous, but there's also a, there is a psychological way that it can be healthy, which is to be able to step back from events, to be able to sort of expand and get a bigger picture of them instead of getting so completely wrapped up in, in your thoughts. And, and in the emotions that your thoughts trigger. So, for example, we've talked about the idea of saying something like talking about oneself in the third person, like when sometimes if I get triggered, I say, oh, there goes Brian being anxious again. Mm -hmm. And in a way that that creates a sort of a larger spaciousness. It doesn't go all the way to pure awareness, expanded universal consciousness, but it's not dry either. It's not dissociative. Right. And I think it's not dissociative because you're not trying to stay there. You know, right. uh, some people, they try to stay in a intellectual witness. And that is a way of separating for yourself from life. That's more of a spiritual bypass. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think you bring up a good point that there are all these layers to witness consciousness from from a moment where you're saying, there's Brian, I do the same thing. I say, there's Brian doing that again, whenever Jonathan. <laughs> <does that. laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's another layer of disidentification, you see? Because you know, Jonathan would never do something stupid, but Brian could, so I, I do say that term. Anyway, oh, you missed the part about your name here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so disidentifying for a moment that way by saying, you know, he's doing that or she's doing that. Uh, some people I know who are very enlightened use their name in a third person, you know, like what you do, Brian or Jonathan's doing that. And I think that can be healthy as long as you don't use it as a defense. And then there's deeper levels of witness. Uh, my friend John Aston, a singer-songwriter who we had on, uh, has a song where the chorus is, as the witness of the mind, you are the soul. And to feel like you're witnessing and you are a soul or you are this really this other worldly creature is another possibility of what the witness is deep down. So there's all these levels. And there's also what Adyashanti has said about, which is you could say, there's a witness of the head or thoughts. There's a witness of the body, which are more emotions. And then there's more of a witness from the heart level, where you're coming more from a compassionate witness. And those are three very different experiences. Yes, they are. And uh, when he talks about um, witnessing from the heart, that's where that kind of collapse of the witness actually happens, where the first step, and we've talked about this before. In fact, when we were planning this episode, we were talking about the inward-facing path and the outward-facing path. You start with with the inward-facing path, meaning you're saying, I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm not my body. I'm what experiences my body. I'm not my thoughts. I'm what experiences my thoughts. And you do create a separation. But when you drop down into the heart, it's the outward-facing path. You turn around again and you see all of your experience as not different from the witness. It's not separate from awareness. It's made of awareness itself. And But that's something you can't intellectualize. You can only really feel it and sense it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because you could say that the heart witness, we'll call it, is really the entry point or the portal to a more unified consciousness experience where you're no longer on the witness looking out at the world. It's more like everything is one in some way. That's right. It's when the witness and the witnessed collapse into simply witnessing. Mm, that's, uh, that's a mouthful there. Uh, <laughs> another way of saying it is that is that uh, you go from a sense of duality to a sense of everything is interconnected and the you, of whatever you thought of you, kind of lessens or disappears into the everything, which also sounds very esoteric the way I said it, but it's a beautiful experience. It is a beautiful experience. And sure, maybe it does sound esoteric, or we can describe it in words, but... Words are never adequate to describe this experience because words are designed to make distinctions between things. And this experience is when the distinction falls away. The inside and the outside 
merge and you realize that nothing you ever experience happens outside of awareness and nothing happens apart from awareness and everything that you experience is actually simply made of awareness. It's like awareness waving in temporary forms like waves arising and falling. We we look at them and we say, oh, there's a wave over there, and we don't realize that wave and me are all just made of water. Everything becomes an us or a we. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like your description. And words really are, are uh, as my old teacher used to say, words are turds. but 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 you know you gotta start somewhere yeah you know and and it it is actually easier to use words to separate out the witness from the witnessed as a first step Mm -hmm. it's almost like a necessary step it's all but it's a dual it's duality it's i am not that I am the witness of that. And then the second step is when you look at everything from the witness and see that there isn't really a boundary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like something Fred Davis said, which was, you're really a camera, you know, like a witnessing camera, thinking that you're a photographer. But there is no photographer there. You're just a camera. And that's one way of thinking about the witness. And it's also important to think of what the witness witnesses. You know, because the witness, to be balanced, I think, has to witness maybe 50% of what this body is doing, body-mind is doing, you know, your thoughts, your sensations, your behaviors but also witnessing what's going on in the world. And some people get lost too much in witnessing just themselves, and they kind of become, you know, unaware of anything in the world. And other people, they become very focused on the world, and they don't have any self-reflection or self-sense of their motivation. So there's a balance to the witness as to what is actually being witnessed. That's right. And in both of those cases, something is being excluded, either the world or yourself. And when you get that beautiful alchemical amalgamation (laughs) and they merge, there isn't something that's excluded. And the great paradox of non-duality is that duality is part of non-duality. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. is nothing is excluded. It all exists. There is, there is a camera, and there is something photographed. But there's also, but they're not they're not different. And mm-hmm. the I, like if you say I am a camera, the it's the body and mind that's the camera. But when we step back and say, well, what's looking through that camera? What is looking through that viewfinder? That's when you do the the first turnaround into mm-hmm. witness consciousness or pure awareness as i as i call it and that can be seen as universal 
one universal witness looking through billions and billions of camera viewfinders. Right, right. You let go of your sense of separateness. You know, um, I invite people as they listen to this podcast about the witness that they occasionally notice the witness. You know, uh, <laughs> we're partly here to inspire you and and help you experience higher states of consciousness. And, you know, sometimes um, I've been with friends and we were talking about consciousness and awareness. And then I realized we both left our coats at the restaurant, you know, so you don't want to be talking about this stuff and leave it too far behind. <laughs> which is always a danger. Yeah, it's a fine uh, line. Yes, it is. So, you know, how does it look if you're trying to witness, use witnessing as your entryway into higher consciousness? What does that look like in terms of technique? And I think it's useful to make the distinction that you may want to bring up the witness for a couple seconds every once in a while that it's not necessarily meant that you should live in a witness because that kind of can create a, a separation from life, but you do want to know, well, how's it going? How's it, you know, if like, if you're watching, if you're a boss watching an employee, you don't want to be over their shoulder 24 seven you know, that would make them be stilted, you know, knowing that they're being watched every moment. But you might want to check in 10 times a day. Hey, are you still focused? Are you still doing good? How's it going? And I think maybe the, it's the same with the witness that, okay, well, you know, let's take a picture now of what Jonathan is doing. What's his state? Uh, what's his behavior? Everything looks good. Okay, great. And you go back into the world or you go and you go, wow, he's really getting lost on that thought loop. Uh, maybe he should like get more present. And, you know, the witness doesn't say that, but it kind of observes. It takes a picture and it sees what's wrong with that picture in that moment. In a way, it can be like an orchestra conductor trying to, hey, get back into the music, get back into the flow. So I'm wondering what you think about this idea of of witness every, you know, just a couple seconds every once in a while versus trying to stay there. Oh, I think that's absolutely key, um, because what we tend to think is going to happen is we're going to achieve some permanent, enlightened, awakened state. And there's a phrase that Adyashanti uses about the witness, and he says, or about witnessing, and he says, the phrase is, always and already, meaning that you don't become the witness, you don't start to witness, you notice that pure awareness is already and always witnessing. And when you, and you can connect with it, as you say, for a second, a few seconds, five minutes, and it can be there and it, you carry it around with you. I use the analogy of the infinitely refillable water bottle. Whenever you're thirsty, you take a drink, but you don't have to walk around with the bottle in your mouth 24-7 because it's, it's so reliable. And the mm -hmm. nature of the witness consciousness and of universal awareness is love and beauty and peace because it's totally okay and allows absolutely everything. It witnesses everything. It doesn't, it doesn't 
deselect what to reflect. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you have to kind of let go of some stuff. And the number one thing I think of that you let go of is I'll call it either your agenda or preferences just for a moment that the witness is totally impartial. So if it, if you're getting angry at someone, it's totally fine with it. It doesn't say you shouldn't do that. That's an inner critic. That's not right. the witness. Right. You know, it's like, no, there's, there's Jonathan losing his shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, it, and it has no preference whatsoever. It's just totally impartial. And it has no sense of what should be happening other than what is happening. So you do have to let go of that whole like, dislike, uh, this is my preference, this is my agenda, in order for that moment for you to actually really see, oh, what, what's happening? Oh, I think that's so key, so utterly important. It's, 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 uh, it's the idea that, that we're either going to get something that we don't have or get somewhere that we're not or get rid of something we have that we don't want or in any way think that what's happening should be different in any way. And, and when we drop that, then we can actually notice that the witness is already there. I say the witness and even the term the is misleading, but just for now, for the sake right. of this conversation, already there already okay, already witnessing, already allowing. And the little me that we think we are, the camera, isn't the one that's doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I know you use the method of, you know, there's Brian doing that. I sometimes use the method of, I'll just say he, uh, you know, he is referring to the Jonathan body or the Jonathan mind. Some people use the term in their monologue or externally, this being is. I know in the Gurdjieff school, uh, famous teacher Gurdjieff, they give the tool of having people not say the word I, which kind of forces a, a disassociation with yourself. So they might say this being is, or the body needs to go to the bathroom or whatever, which gets weird. But all those things can be helpful. It's kind of like the language we use often kind of creates the sense that there's an I that's very real when all that's going on is that it's a psychological habit and the language keeps representing an I which is stable when in reality it, there's no such thing. Yeah, that's real food for thought there that you just, you just said a mouthful. Um, I, I mean, I don't recommend using that method with people that aren't simpatico with your, you know. <laughs> you Especially with to, your family. You know, you know, they, yes. Maybe we'll cart you off to the loony bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, as, as a practice, yeah, it can be powerful. Mm -hmm. What other witness-like tools mm -hmm. do you think are helpful? Well, I really do think that asking questions about what's in your current experience, I think starting with current experience is key. Here's my body right now. There are sensations in my body. What is witnessing those sensations? What is aware of them? What is experiencing them? What is knowing them? Those are all 
the same thing. Thoughts are running through my head right now. What is witnessing those thoughts? What is experiencing them? What is knowing them? So you start with right now and you ask yourself, okay, this is in my experience. What is experiencing that? And then I would just add one other technique, which is a sort of a corollary, which is more like a self-inquiry mm -hmm. thing. When you ask, well, what is me? What is this I? And you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm this body. Then you ask, well, who has a body? Or who is witnessing this body? Who is aware of this body? And the same thing with thoughts. And the idea isn't to come up with the correct answer. You ask the question in order to turn the attention around to witnessing consciousness, as we've been talking about, or that's the term we've been using in this episode. Yeah, I like that because it relates to um, a moment where I asked a very enlightened friend of mine how she got that way, and she said, well, it's really just a matter of noticing what's happening. You know, it's not like there's some esoteric technique. It's just, I just notice what's actually happening. And then she said to me, how do you not do this? <laughs> right, right. I had a very long list of how I didn't, I not do it. You know, uh, I said, how long you got? But uh, when she put it so simply, it was like, oh, yeah, just notice you know, what's happening or, and then I liked your second question and then notice what's noticing that. So, you know, if you're thinking, uh, this person's, you know, a jerk, okay, that's what's happening. And then notice what's notice that. And it goes back to the awareness two step that we've talked about sometimes. That's right. But it is kind of an infinite regression because when you ask these questions like who or what is experiencing this, um, well, the witness or I or whatever, and then you have to say, well, what is I or what is the witness and who experiences that? Who knows that? So you don't make an identity out of it because anything that you can name, anything that you can conceive of, anything that you can have the sense that this is yourself that defines you is known by something. And that ultimate knower can't actually be seen, like the eye can't see itself. It can only be kind of felt. And I've said this before, my favorite expression is, you can't see it, you can only be it. Yeah. Well said. I know you have a, a meditation based on witnessing. Um, any, oh, you know, one thing that I do remember you saying, which was helpful to me, was that what triggers the witness? And we all can have different triggers. You can have a post-it note that says witness on it, or you could uh, do, you know, I have an app that has a bell. But one of the things you mentioned is that you actually will let your negative emotions trigger you to remember to witness. Say yeah. more about that. Well, sure. Uh, if you sort of get into the habit of whenever something, whenever you have an emotion or any kind of feeling that you don't like, that you wish you would get rid of, instead of employing the strategy that you use to get rid of, like, like, you know, 
distracting yourself or or taking using substances or watching TV or whatever or, or all of or, the above at once yes or 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 that that ever spinning wheel of thought and blame and he should do this and I shouldn't be that in your mind you just simply say who or what is noticing this this emotion or this feeling particularly mm-hmm. notice that every emotion is something that can be felt in the body. I mean, these are chemical reactions in the body. It's the mind stuff that interprets it that that you can sort of ignore. But you notice how you feel in your body, and then you ask what is aware of that or what is witnessing that. And when you, if you get into the habit of doing that, and it's slow for a while, but it starts to become second nature. And, oh, I feel anxious. Oh, I feel angry. And almost without thinking of it, you sort of like, Expand. You're like, whoosh, you're out. Mm-hmm. You're bigger. You're bigger than that. And you and and uh, and so it, it's just a nice little habit to develop. And it's not a habit about achieving a state. It's simply something that you do when emotions arise. Yeah, and I think that last point's really important. That if you have the right motivation, you're just noticing. And you're not trying to get somewhere else, right? Um, then it ironically becomes quote more effective, right? And you're yeah, and you're not trying to get rid of the emotion, but you are getting curious about it, yeah. Getting curious, yeah. like looking at it, but not only looking at it in terms of what does it feel like, but what is experiencing it, what is knowing it, who or what, and then when you connect with that who or what, that pure awareness or that witness consciousness, then you turn around again and you just rest as that and just be that. So listeners, remember about 15 minutes ago, I told you to begin witnessing. Notice if you did, you know, because it's slippery. We're always we're always going into our heads or analyzing or or saying, oh, that's good or that's bad you know it's a slippery thing to find that 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 sweet spot and uh once again remind yourself that till our next episode you have about one billion opportunities one billion seconds or so to bring to remember not bring up the witness because it's always there but to uh, let go of everything in the way of it and I hope that um, you have good experiences with it. And feel free to email Brian or I at awarenessexplorers.com. And we'd love to hear your positive experiences with these things. Any last words about witness before we meditate on such a topic? Uh, I think we really covered it all. I'm sure I'll think of something later. <laughs> but right now, nope. <laughs> I, I feel good about it, too. So um, I'm interested in... Uh, as always, you're a master at creating meditations. So please guide us into our inner realms. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Uh, first, close your eyes if it's safe to do so and take a nice, easy, deep breath and relax. I'm going to take you through two phases of 
merging the witness and the witnessed into simply witnessing. First, we have to separate ourselves from what is witnessed, from the contents of awareness. Only then can we turn around and look out at the world from the witnessing awareness to see that the witness and the witnessed are one and the same. So, here we go. Notice the sounds around you. Perhaps there are birds or traffic outside, or the hum of an air conditioner or heater or fridge or computer, the sound of my voice. Ask yourself, who is witnessing this sound? If your answer is, I am, then you are witnessing the sounds. You are not the sounds. Be the witness to whom the sounds appear. Notice the sensations in your body. Maybe there's a breeze or a sense of weight on the chair or floor, or perhaps a tingling in your hands or feet. Ask yourself, who is witnessing this sensation? If your answer is, I am, then you are witnessing the sensations. You are not the sensations. Be the witness to whom sensations appear. Notice the thoughts in your mind. Don't try to control them or, or quiet them. Simply notice them as they arise. Ask yourself, who is witnessing these thoughts? If your answer is, I am, then you are witnessing the thoughts. You are not the thoughts. Be the witness to whom thoughts appear. Now for the second phase. Now turn your attention to the witness and get curious about it. Notice that if you try to find it as a separate thing, you can't. Anything that you can find is witnessed, but there is no separate thing as a witness, because all separate things can be witnessed. You can't see the witness, but you can be the witness. You are the witness. Be the witness.
You can't see it, you can only be it. So you've turned your attention around from the things that are witnessed to the witnesser itself, and you found that the witnesser is not a thing. You could say you are not the witnesser, you are the witnessing. Be that witnessing and turn around again and look at the world and your perceptions and sensations again from that witnessing point of view. That witnessing point of view is the same as awareness. From the witnessing awareness point of view, notice any sounds that appear. And ask yourself, can I experience these sounds without witnessing awareness? Notice that witnessing awareness is interwoven with all the sounds that appear. See if you can soften and let go of the witness position and see that sounds and witnessing awareness always go together and that sounds and witnessing awareness are not two things. The witness and the witnessed seem to be one and the same, that is, made of awareness. Now, from the witnessing awareness point of view, notice any body sensations that arise. Ask yourself, can I experience these sensations without witnessing awareness? Notice that witnessing awareness is interwoven with all the sensations that appear. See if you can soften and let go of the witness position and see that sensations and witnessing awareness always go together and that sensations and witnessing awareness are not two things. The witness and the witnessed seem to be one and the same, that is, made of awareness. Now, from the witnessing awareness point of view, notice any thoughts that appear. Ask yourself, can I experience these thoughts without witnessing awareness? 
notice that witnessing awareness is interwoven with all the thoughts that arise. See if you can soften and let go of the witness position and see that thoughts and witnessing awareness always go together and that thoughts and witnessing awareness are not two things. The witness and the witnessed seem to be one and the same. Made of awareness. It helps to see and feel from the heart, not the mind. So see if you can drop into the heart and notice that you are life experiencing itself. The heart, not the mind, is the crucible where the witness and the witnessed can merge into simply witnessing. You are no longer a separate witness, but you are simply the witnessing, simply life simply all there is, simply consciousness, simply awareness, simply the universe, simply I. Now, take another easy, deep breath and, at your own pace, open your eyes. I think that was one of your best and most far-out meditations, Brian, and you have a high bar already. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. That's lovely to hear. You had a phrase in there that you are not the witnesser, you are witnessing. Yeah. And I think that's a really key distinction that we are a verb. We're not, we're not trying to create an, a, a being other than our personality, which is a spiritual being. Uh, we're trying to be in the moment, and in the moment, everything is a verb. <laughs> yes, good. Yes, good point. I like that. Yeah. I also like, um, you know, that what's, what is witnessing your thoughts, uh, or you said who is witnessing your thoughts, and then be the witnesser. I often use the term what is witnessing 
rather than who, because who sometimes gives me a sense like there's a, a person there. But really what is witnessing is a, I don't know, a thing, if you want to call it anything. <laughs> right. It's hard. It's hard. And yeah, I sometimes say who or what is yeah. witnessing. Who or what, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Because any of the words can lead you to some sort of self-definition, which then can be witnessed by something that's not that self-definition. Yes, yes, yes. So I would invite people to experiment with it and see which term leads them away from the conceptual definitions and into the pure experiencing itself, pure knowingness. Yeah. Absolutely. And just a reminder that we now have, you know, over 80 guided meditations at awarenessexplorers.com under the meditation heading. And, you know, in this stressful, crazy world, these 10 minute or so guided meditations are really uh, can be a godsend as far as I'm concerned. I use them and, you know, tell your friends or family once you find, you know, two or three of these guided meditations that really work for you, that's 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 worth a million dollars as far as I'm concerned, because if you have a reliable way to get back to peace in this crazy world, you got something, you got like a superpower. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. And the world can seem crazy, but there's a there is peace at the heart of it all. It's already there and always there. I think I've mentioned I have a refrigerator magnet that says uh, from the Buddha, it's a quote from the Buddha, do not search for peace in the world. Peace is only located within. And, you know, we <laughs> spent a lot of time trying to find peace in the world. And, you know, how's that working for you? Um, but luckily, <laughs> it's, always, it's always inside us. And uh, that's a convenient place for it to be. That is, that is. Of course, at first I thought you meant it's inside the refrigerator, like a piece of pie. Oh, well, it is there, too, yeah. I've found <laughs> many, many moments of peace in my refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, good exploring with you, Brian. Oh, Always you fun. And thank uh, our listening family for your comments, your support, your telling your friends and family about us. And we look forward to connecting with you in our next episode. Till then, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.